Hello everyone. Check your late 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 night Sunday night. It's been a terrible week scheduled between tonight missing. I'm going to leave the Pro League chat to when Syntax is here so that he can give us that insight firsthand as I've concentrated a lot this week on focusing on the collegiate leagues. Now, we're also getting to a point where COVID is having some more impacts on scheduling and even teams where, for example, there's no week eight yet for CEA. That's been delayed because of COVID, and I believe CEA is trying to figure out the appropriate scheduling of things as they move forward. Even despite having a limited invite league, they still have a very big open division and open league that is a lot of students and a lot of competitors and a lot of the teams that we've come to know in the other leagues are very talented and they also deserve that opportunity to compete so so while cea is taking a step back and apparently they've had really good communication to the players and accommodations based off of what the students need and anyone who's being displaced out of their dorms or having to move home all that kind of stuff they're doing the best that they can to be accommodating and communicative. While on the other hand, we have some Sunday night drama coming in from the CR6 server where Northern Arizona University is pulling out of CR6, or at least emotionally they were pulling out. Whether or not they keep to that, I don't know, but it seems that they had a bad report turned in or not turned in on time and so their match was determined by a coin flip because i suppose uh, i would have to double check on the rules but i believe the winners are supposed to subject a score sheet that so shows the final score and in the case that it doesn't happen a coin flip is done and the coin flip went to their opponents osu i believe that's oregon state university and so far, OSU hasn't spoken up and said anything. I don't know. I couldn't speak to you as to why. I mean, this is this all happened about 7 o'clock, 8, 7, 8 o'clock on Sunday night. So I don't know if OSU's in a spot to say anything, but at the same time, they're not really needed to. They played the match. If Whether they won or lost, it was up to NAU to follow through and pull something out. And I can understand quoting COVID and just being able to say there's problems going on here. No one's talked to us. No one's reached out to us about this, that, or the other thing. And we're having to handle things on our own and true too. And I, I want to be sympathetic to that. And I can absolutely be understanding that life is happening and random is happening, but there is something to the league. If they're still running a league this way, then you need to be able to accept how they're running it or bow out. And I think NAU is in a spot where bowing out and fueled by this decision might just be best for them. If they're having to deal with COVID situations, then so be it. Bow out gracefully and come back next season or don't participate next season. But all in all, this is just a game. And if this is what you're going to be worked up about, if, you're not going to treat people respectfully and or and understand that the rules that you signed up to follow is going to be a problem, then sorry, time to move on. That's my perspective. 
it's not a big deal. Um, I hope everyone in NAU finds their way home, finds some health, uh, healthy places to stay and ways to keep themselves healthy. So um, best of luck to them. Uh, I'll comment if anything else comes up. But uh, moving on, CR6 is heading into week two where most of week two of phase two and phase two being a seeded set of four matches, best of three in this case as well for phase two. But in week one, you get the low ranked folks in the Premier League and the high ranked ones going up against each other. So I have to say when I look at the top 10 matches or the first 10 matches and these are with the big names that you would come to know Longhorn Gaming, University of Central Florida, CSULB, Boston University, Akron Zips, Texas Tech University, CU Boulder Black, UBC Gold, Wisconsin Esports Red, Grand Canyon University Purple. They're A team. All of them had 2 and 0 matches because they were fighting lesser opponents. It wasn't until I found another matchup of Cal Esports versus Iowa State University that there was a it was three maps and the underdog one. Cal Esports beat Iowa State University two to one. But as you keep going down the list, you start seeing more teams that are playing farther and farther apart or even some closer teams that are really still showing a disparate difference in skill uh there was it looks to be that there was only two matches three matches the entire week one that went to a third map which probably goes to tell you how the seeding worked out I'm going to say that the seeding worked out in the lower number the higher placed teams so first through 40th or whatever whatever the breakdown is 35 matches of so 70 teams the top 70 teams made it into premier uh yeah that's when you have a 60th place team fighting someone who's even in the top 20 the skill caps and the skill ranges are just going to vary drastically so I can't get too much into the details, but I mean, I mentioned a number of 2-0 and matchups and that you would just believe firsthand. So Longhorn Gaming versus Davenport Panthers, UCF versus Embry-Riddle. Now that one surprises me a little bit. Embry-Riddle must have had some roster changes over the last couple seasons because they were their competitors. They've been, they've been there. They've been to the top. They flirted with the top for a good long while. Uh, CSULB over Nevada Esports, Boston College over Wisconsin White, so B team, Akron Zips over Army Point West. Come on, Army, you can do better than this. I know you can. Texas Tech over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's just getting into that competitive ring, so good luck to them. But against Texas Tech, there's not much you can do. CU Boulder Black over SUNY Canton. UBC over Northwest Bearcats Siege. I don't even know what school that is. So. And it's UBC. So there you have it. Wisconsin Esports Red over KSU Black. So Kansas State University, I'm assuming. Uh, Grand Canyon University over Mosu Bears. Again, don't know. It's another team I'm not familiar with. So 
Uh, it's a team that obviously outperformed where they were in the fall if they perform if they played, but uh, for them to make it into the premiere of the seventy teams, you know they they have to have shown some gumption to get there. So, but again, against a team like GCU, there's just only so much you can do. Northeastern over IIT. And then we start going into some other unknown matchups that I'm not really familiar with. And with 70 teams, can you really blame me? Uh, so, I mean, that's all I can really say about CR6 at this point. They're in the middle of it. They are starting to, once we start getting some winners upon winners matchups next week, I think we'll start seeing some better matches. And with CEA delayed, as I mentioned, the only thing left to do is talk about our CRSL leagues and some of the matchups there. And so I actually got a chance to watch some of the week four matchups, VODs, as they were, ha as they were all posted. So I got some good details going on here. I'm going to call out some players as well, so I'm excited about that. On Consulate, we had Wilfred Laurier, who I'd never heard of before, going up against New York Tech. Now, Gooby from Wilfred held his own against Mac from NYT as frequently the last one alive for each team. Of the two gunslingers, Mac proved to be superior, pocketing an ace for the fifth round, going 10-1-2 after just five rounds. NYT's attack was methodical. Their constant entry on the second floor admin room was never really challenged by roamers, and while... Wilfred Lawyer seemed comfortable turtling in the first few rounds. They were losing the early rounds. It worked out in their favor, especially in round four. And from then on, NYT used the office less heavily. Money, also from NYT, joined in the gun measuring, nearly matching Mac in the seventh round and cinching the fifth round for NYT. The longer NYT played, the more refined their offense looked. The ace in the fifth round lit a fire under NYT and secured four rounds in a row before Wilfred Laurier took another one and another and another. They came back to tie it 6-6. Each team had won four rounds on offense and two on defense. In overtime, in round 15, Wilfred Laurier actually pulled out the win, which is a huge upset coming from my perspective. It takes a great understanding of the map and the flow to go into the half two to four and realize you're on even footing. Now, that isn't to say that Ed Dan or Raymond coming alive while on defense, Ed Dan managed to have back-to-back -back triples. I think they may have been able to pull out a win earlier had they come alive or a little bit earlier. The interesting bit was that both teams failed their initial defensive round in overtime. And it was on Wilford Laurier's second offensive round that they put the match to bed. NYT's usage of roamers gave them a look of a team who was pushing their boundaries while Wilford Laurier looked like they were prepared for it and played against roamers specifically, utilizing a tighter anchor over their own roamers. At the end of the day, it could have gone either way, and both teams are evenly matched. Wilford Laurier going four rounds on offense and four on defense while NYT pulled off four and three. It was a great match to watch, and I love seeing the underdogs come through. So kudos to Wilford Lawyer and Gooby and his team as they really did make a mark on what I'm hoping is to see a team show up in 
CEA and CR6. Now, I just need to also double check to see if they're not already there, but Wilford Warrior is definitely a new name for me and one for me to watch. Moving on, we had Villa being played by Auburn and FIU. Auburn won the first three defensive rounds in a row before FIU took a stand and brought in two of their own. Auburn would net the last of the defense rounds, taking the half four to two. Some solid, knowledgeable defense going on from Auburn on rounds where Santa contributed most. And while Santa was not was notable, it was in a field of everyone doing their part. No exceptional standouts. Each side knew the job they needed to do, and I felt like it was about as each expected it to go. FIU responded back with five consecutive rounds on defense, saying, anything you can do, we can do better. So taking the match 7-4, to four, FIU closes out the match. Now, it was pretty back and forth the entire time. Like It really could have gone either way, but FIU just was able to string together a number of rounds, and it just it looked more like things just rolled their way as opposed to them just steamrolling Auburn. So that's at least one thing to be to take into consideration. Our third matchup on Clubhouse was between Humber, who had first offensive, and Miami University, who was on defense. The first half went four to two for Miami. The second half, Humber switches the lead to 5-4, to four, and in round 9, they 5-5. Five, five. And then round, or sorry, 5-4 to four in round 9, it was tied 5-5 five, five in round 10. Then Humber takes the lead again, 6-5, to five, and then it's tied up again, 6-6. Six, six. Miami took the lead back in round 13, taking it 7-6. to six. Humber ties with 7-7. Seven to seven. Miami wins 8-7. to seven. So... For round after round after round, they were nipping at each other's heels and just looking for that one crack in the ice to just let it all burst open. But no one was giving way. For this me, for me, this match was everything I wanted it to be. It was close to an upset, and the overall 35th place CEA team and 0-4 Humber took Miami, the eighth place team in CEA, and third place in CRSL to round 15. It could either be a really good feeling or a really old feeling for Humber. Looking at back at Humber's other matches, it looks like this might be a turning point for the squad. Having lost in bigger fashions to NYT and OTA Ontario Tech, Aqua, 15th in Siege, or CEA Siege, and 6th of 8 in CRSL, I can imagine the frustration being that they've been so close to turning around and even closer than ever here in this match. Things didn't look so tight or as dominating as some of the other matches have been, but this was a good one to go back and watch. I feel like this is the, one of the matches that players will grow the most from. Moving on to the fourth match that I have a little bit of context for, Clubhouse. LSU versus University of Louisiana at Lafayette. And this is another match that went to round 15. And I really want to look at the comms. I really want to hear the comms 
from ULL when Okinian took out Vinicelli in a spot check outside of garage, crawling over to catch Vinicelli on the catwalk. It was just beautiful. But the first blood would not deter LSU. They would swing it to a four versus two before the remaining members of ULL would have to move recklessly to fight both the dwindling clock and a nearly full roster. Everything was stacked against them, and they had no room for recourse. So in round 15, LSU takes it. A few other matchups to come out for, but there's not a whole lot to say about them. FIU versus VCU Black, 7-0 for FIU. It's FIU. What else do you want? What else would you expect? In Clubhouse, Wisconsin, Red took on VCU Black. Now, here's the thing to notice with uh, these matchups from CRSL. They were also playing some previous week matches, so some teams were catching up, and I believe this is all in combination with COVID and how the league is organized and how they've been accommodating to players. So you'll hear a few teams a couple different times. So don't worry, I didn't mess up. These are some matches that are just being made up as well. So, yeah, Wisconsin versus VCU Black, different team or different opponents, same outcome, 7-0 to zero Wisconsin, not much to cover there. This is kind of what I expected, especially from FIU and Wisconsin. Now, Humber versus Ontario Tech, 7-3 to three Ontario. This goes back to what I was kind of saying from the last matchup with Humber. They're on that cusp of changing of updating and being a competitive team they it seems like they need to work on their consistency and they need to work on some probably some core fundamentals at this point and of course roster swaps probably not a, not too bad of an idea at this point but when you look at where they're at humber has already come a long ways in the last two seasons to catch my attention as well as just to be participating in these invite leagues Our last three matches are, on, or two of them are on CAFE. Last one was on Consulate. So CAFE had Miami University versus Sheridan. Sheridan takes it 7-4, which is about what I would expect. I honestly think I favor Sheridan more than Miami University. Couldn't I would need to go back and really look at their matchups to tell me why, but Sheridan has been in the top a lot and i think i've seen miami fall out earlier in playoffs or fall out earlier if they just had a, a couple bad matches and then they weren't really able to recover again on cafe northern arizona arizona university versus university of illinois at chicago it goes uic's way seven to four and the last round i thought ended on hype note which is UIC clutching the diffuse with less than a second left it was a beautiful round to watch and a great retake to show uh, totally worth catching the VODs so I'll put the link to the VODs in the show notes so be sure to check them out there's no casting so really if you're into analyzing things if you really want to just know what the action was like go check it out uh, CRSL has provided 
observers for each match, so you at least get some good coverage of both teams. The last matchup of the week, Consulate has on Consulate has Auburn University versus VCU Black. And I feel really bad for VCU. This one was seven to one Auburn. Uh I don't know what to say about VCU. They had some hot spots. It looked like that they were showing up. I, I recall commenting on them a few times in phase one or earlier phases uh, in CR6 and some other notes, I believe, from the other leagues themselves as well. So to have three back-to-back matches in a week being recorded and it's seven to zero, seven to zero, seven to one. It really makes me wonder how in the hell did they qualify for CRSL invite? My guess and my hope, or my guess is that the team has been impacted by COVID. The team is still trying to play. They probably swapped out a player or two, someone who can't play from home, that kind of deal. And we're just seeing the fallout from it. It's unfortunate, but this is the season that we live in. And I have a duty to say how it went and let people know the numbers. So I hope that this is something that we can move on through quickly. I know that there's not much left, not much time left in the seasons and schools are impacted at this point. Uh, It'll be on a moment to moment basis that we find out what these leagues really plan to do and how we can continue to move forward. I don't want to cast doubt on the results of these leagues. I think the main thing to think about is that the teams that suddenly did not do as well are going to be those tier two, tier three, tier four teams. That's because I feel like that they have less on the line and less obligation to these teams. And now I really hope that like those top 10 teams that I I have listed earlier with the CR6 matchups, I hope that they're being safe. I hope that they're taking care of themselves, and I hope that they are really performing as a team together right now uh, while they participate in these leagues. And those teams aren't going anywhere. They'll be performing and playing as long as the leagues are operational. And I hope that these other teams aren't deterred from coming back in the next season in the fall, hopefully when COVID's all under control but it is already having an impact i think we're seeing it in some of the matchups and some of the ways that teams are needing these leagues to step up and help run things so we'll have to wait and see how things continue to change i look forward to being able to talk to everyone about it and my hope is to be a couple steps farther on my master ranking spreadsheet sometime this week so with that i think i'm going to call it done we're good for the week we will talk this week's pro league matches and last week's pro league matches this thursday with syntax assuming we can get coordinated again with that i'll see you all later uh leave feedback for the podcast at anchor.fm slash check your six that's with the number six slash message and feel free to let me know what's going on with your team with your league how your matches are going commentary of the podcast anything and everything i would love to know it i would love to share it and help all these teams get what they need from their schools as well so 
feel free to contact me as well anywhere on social media at Warlock Recall. My Discord is also handily available for anyone who is interested at Recall with the capital R, R A K A U L, pound 3901. With that, I'll talk to you all on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>